0: Good morning church. I want to welcome everybody this morning. You know um, today's message is I don't know. The sermon title let me just start there. The sermon title is know your disease to receive the cure. And I've gone over this and gone over this and it might seem like this message is a little bit more of a recovery message. So let me just say this. I I do believe that the church is a hospital, and I do believe it is a place for every one of us who are spiritually sick from time to time. So having said that, shouldn't every sermon actually be a recovery message? Kind of gives you a, a, a thought of where my mind's been wandering with this sermon today. But today's message is uh, it's actually found in Psalms 103. I was actually going to only read verse 3, which says, Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? But, you know, I think we need to back up a little bit. I think we need to start in verse 1 and go through verse 6. So, if we back up, again, Psalm 103, starting in verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So before we dive into today's message, let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you with humble heart on bended knee at the foot of the cross. Lord, may we always remain in a posture of prayer and praise to you. Even when life is getting to us and it's it's weighing us down and it's a burden. And in those moments where we can become spiritually sick, Lord, may we always return to you for the cure. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son, Jesus. And all God's children said, amen. So this psalm is David pouring out his heart to the Lord. It's a call to worship and David begins by commanding his heart to lift up the Lord in praise. Then he invites others to join in and the cool thing about this psalm is it's actually an acrostic. So I don't know if you know what an acrostic is but it's where you take a word and each letter of the word is something else. Like, for instance, I think they used to use frog as an acrostic for um, forgive, remember, obey, and give. And it's kind of an order of how we should act. And for those in recovery, there's also an acrostic for halt, and there's acrostic for heart. And basically, it's, it's a reminder to go through um, like a checklist. If you remember from science class, and this would have been in elementary, we were given a sentence. And if I remember this sentence right, don't make fun of me if I don't, but it said, my very energetic mother just served us nine pickles. And the first letter of each word represented a planet. And that's how we remembered them. And yes, I included Pluto because I was raised that that's a planet. So, there you go. That's my acrostic. But in this one, it's really cool because each verse of this begins with a specific letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So, it's kind of You know, it's alphabetized like A, B, C, D, and and so on and so on, but with the Hebrew alphabet. So that's kind of cool first to note with this one. But this psalm brings to mind many old worship songs. And as it begins, the different versions, there's actually a version that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Well, instantly, my mind goes to the song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Okay, that's all I'm going to sing because I don't know any more keys and I don't want to like have everybody booing and, and all that other stuff. But anyways, it brings to mind that song. And I don't know about you, but as I'm reading the Psalms, my mind instantly reconnects with some of my favorite songs. Another interesting note. The word blessed. Is interesting within itself. Because David is not asking the Lord to bless him. The word blessed. In Hebrew literally means. To kneel. And kneeling. Is a prayer posture. So David is saying. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. In other words he's saying. Spirit be humble before the Lord. Body kneel. And soul praise. This is a spiritual posture of being in the lord's presence this is not a a rebellion it's actually the opposite of rebellion now note rebellion is a spiritual disease that causes corruption just a little side note hold on to that till a little later but we are made of three parts we are body soul and spirit so david in this psalm david is speaking to his whole being And then he's inviting others to join him in praising the Lord. So keep in mind that the soul is the seed for all of our emotions and our intellect and our will. One of the hardest things to get someone to understand is that we must humble our hearts to obey God's will for our life. We must not rebel because we want things our way. Now, let's, let's read again that first line. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is a command. And David's very passionate. He is very, very passionate. Now, look. He's not afraid to show his emotion. And we know the good and the bad stories of when David's emotions got the best of him. But your emotions can be a hindrance. When our emotions are in control, it can become a hindrance or a stumbling block. This is only when our emotions are in control. And then this hindrance can bleed over into our prayer life. Why? Because we're following or focusing on our emotions instead of the Lord. If we're not careful, Those emotions can become our own spiritual prison. They can rob us of our joy. So we start searching things out to make us happy. And if we're not careful, we'll end up feeding our flesh thorn. All of this started because we're obeying our emotions instead of keeping our focus on the Lord. Clearly, this is a a recovery message right here. And usually in recovery, this is where we would start talking about boundaries. Because people are emotionally vulnerable many times. So what is David doing? He's speaking to the seed of his emotions. He is demanding or commanding his emotions to remain in check. You see, David knew when, when his emotions were basically in the garbage, sometimes we would call that depression. But David called on his emotions to bless the Lord, to get out of the pity party. Go before the one who sustains us. Lift our voices in praise to the Lord and be a blessing to the Lord. Be in real worship. Now I might step on some toes here, okay? And and I'm I'm preaching to myself. How many times have we needed an emotional pick-me-up And then waited for the Lord to bring us joy. Like we're some pouting toddlers. How about we step out of our emotional prison, rebuke the enemy, and praise the Lord. Let's make an effort to go meet the Lord. You see, real worship comes from our innermost core of our being. This is the place that the enemy wants to destroy. He can only get in to that inner core if we allow him. If we are praising the Lord, then the Lord will fill us with great joy. I can't tell you how many times in the middle of the night I've woke up and I can't go back to sleep. And it's like my soul is crying out. So I'm in full worship. Now, sometimes I pop in my earbuds just to keep my focus and keep my thoughts where they're supposed to be. But I'm I'm in the darkness. There's no lights on. I'm in full worship. Worship is not about how we lift our hands or how we stand or how we sway or lifting our eyes or or how we kneel. It's not about the music. It's not about singing. It's not about how we clap our hands. Real worship is a deep inner expression of our soul communicating with the Lord to magnify Him. All those other pieces, they're like accent pieces. You know, David isn't saying, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. No. And he's not saying, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, while I clap my hands. And he's not saying, Bless the Lord, O my voice. David is saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And he goes on to say, and heal all my diseases. David is calling for this worship to be a whole person participating. He's calling his whole being into participation. He does not want any spiritual disease to hinder his worship of the Lord. How many times have you been in worship, singing, clapping, but your thoughts were a million miles away? How many just realized what I said and had to bring your thoughts back to this message instead of, wonder what's going to be for lunch. I wonder how long my afternoon nap's going to be. And it's funny, it must be somebody listening right now to this message for my text message to go off. I'm sorry if I stepped on somebody's toes and they're texting me to stop. But I'm preaching to myself here. It's easy for our minds to drift. Life's busy. Our schedules, they have peaks and valleys. The peaks are like all the things on our to-do list and the valleys are like the, the dream of our afternoon nap. I mean, let's be honest. But David is calling every fiber of his being to remain in worship to the Lord. No distractions. He's rebuking the enemy that is trying to call his thoughts away. To remain focused, it takes work. Our thoughts drift easily. The enemy knows this. It's in this moment when we entertain that first thought drifting that we open the door for the enemy to come in. We invite him in. I think David had this same issue. He battled his flesh. Scripture tells us that. But it's no different than today. He was just living during a different time. I think sin has been the same since the garden. Modern times just brought modern distractions for the enemy to use as weapons against us. David understood the battle between the thought and the spirit when it came to worship and being in the presence of the Lord. And when we have the physical aspect of it, that brings in a whole new dynamic. How many times are we in church going, oh, I'm so tired. Life is so demanding. But we set our schedule. Our schedule is what we make it. It is us that sets the schedule so demanding that we end up serving the schedule instead of the, sick, the schedule serving us. Again, y'all know I'm preaching to myself here. Once we are physically drained, I want you to hear this. Once we are physically drained, it is easy to become spiritually drained. Once we are spiritually drained, the enemy rejoices because he starts to see holes in our armor. We're not superheroes. We are not immune to the earthly weaknesses. Our weaknesses are not on some faraway distant planet. Our weaknesses are all around us. And those weaknesses can cause spiritual diseases. We must know our disease before we can receive the cure. And to receive the cure, we must go to the ultimate physician. The enemy cannot, please hear this, the enemy cannot hinder us when we are in the presence of the Lord receiving healing. We're not superheroes, but we do wear armor. And that's the armor of God. Because we are kingdom warriors. Our weakness is of this earth. But we are not of this earth. Our eternal home awaits. But we still have to make this journey through this life. So church, I have a couple of questions. Do you know your disease? Is it depression? Is it stress? Is it rebellion? Is it rejection, self-hate, or unworthiness? Is it fear, guilt, shame, or accusations? No matter what you answer here, the root of every spiritual disease is a separation from God, His Scripture, and His agape. Romans 8, King James Version says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Guys, it's... It's us that makes that decision. Nothing can separate us. But we do allow things to come between us and God. Ephesians 6, again this King James Version says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All right, that scripture alone, can it's a whole nother sermon to me, and I'm not going to get on that soapbox, but I will say this. Have you recognized your spiritual disease? Because I know who holds the cure. In church, the ultimate physician is always on call, and he makes house calls. Let's lift our heart to the Lord in prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, it is so easy to slip into busyness, distraction, and really feel like our focus is on doing good, when in reality all we're doing is drifting further and further away from you. Lord, I pray for those places to be pointed out, to be seen with new eyes, so that we can see where our hindrance lies, where our stumbling blocks lie. And Lord, right now we pray with one voice, the way you taught your disciples to pray so long ago, but we come to you in a posture of prayer, kneeling prayer, as we say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, I pray that every time you, you even feel any burden of this life. I pray that you just praise God with everything you have. Meet Him. Go to Him. Because He has the cure for all of our spiritual diseases. Until next time, speak life, be a blessing. Put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Much agape, everybody.